Hey all, and welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank, and I'm joined by Jonathan. How you doing, John? Well, hello. How's it going? Good, good, good. Um, so it's been a bit since we've done a Geek Freaks news. We've had Dune, which, and then that happened to back up to Halloween. So it's been kind of uh, two specials <laughs> in a row. All right. Um, but we are back. We have a lot to discuss. Uh, first question. I have a question for you. Question of the mm-hmm. week. What three Star Trek characters would you want to bring on a heist? So it's like a bank heist. You know, what do you think? Yeah. So, I mean, huge Voyager fan, obviously. So I'm going right, to pick right. primarily from the Voyager crew. Uh, the doctor with his mobile emitter would be completely yes. invaluable because, I mean, he's awesome. He can do all kinds of stuff. He could take, you know, a phaser fire or whatever without being hit. Uh, seven of nine. She can hack anything. She's going to be your, yep. your vault hacker for sure. She's on my uh, list too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then Tuvok because he is just beyond all logic. So he is, you know, he'll, he'll have it all strategically planned out for sure. Yeah. Okay. So that, those are good choices. I went with seven around as well because yeah, she's your master hacker. When you got like hack through something, you just yeah. have her, you know, do Bork things and that'll happen. <laughs> uh, I picked Mariner from uh oh, lower yeah. decks because yeah. she just feels like such a heist master she seems like she'd be a really good part of the crew uh mm-hmm. eventually she shows loyalty sometimes it's not apparent right away uh my other one is uh kirk because i would love to see kirk and marin on the same team she often <laughs> she refers to herself as you know uh, the next generation of kirk all the time and um kirk could you imagine like you get into a fight you're fighting the cops or whatever and then kirk's over there with his like two-handed fist pummels <laughs> like he does <laughs> i would love to see that in a in a heist situation so he also he has that superhuman that, that is never explained but that superhuman ability just to kind of like get out of bad situations um which i know you guys are about to talk about on trek freaks but he'll like go against a god and just like oh, i'll be fine i'll i'll yeah. have him hunt me while i talk my way through this like what? right yeah so yeah those are good picks yeah uh Star Trek characters and heist guys. Let me know what you guys' uh, favorites are there. All right, let's get into the news. We're going to go kind of quick through all of these because there's so much since we've been gone for a bit. Uh, first off, we have that new Morbius trailer. What is your initial thoughts on this trailer? The, so I remember seeing the teaser and I thought, man, that looks okay. I might not really watch it. It looks kind of like a little bit of a horror movie and, you know, right. I don't know. Uh, no, this looks really good seeing the full trailer. I was like really surprised. Uh, I definitely want to see it now. So I'm, I'm kind of stoked. Yeah. I, same exact thing for me in, in the way that I was kind of like Morbius, you know, yeah, I'll watch it because it's it's part of this new world, you know, it's part of new more extended Marvel universe. Um, but this actually looks good. And especially since I kind of wrote off Jared Leto after the Joker <laughs> uh, debacle, but I think yeah. this might be a redemption for him. What do you think about that part? I hope so. In the trailer, I was I was noticing his I didn't see uh, much of his acting. Obviously, you're not seeing a lot of him. So. But what I did see didn't seem like it was going to be the star of the show is his acting specifically, but I'm hoping I'm wrong and that he really kind of highlights, you know, the character with his acting because that'd be great to see him do something really good. Yeah, I think we will see a lot of his acting because Morbius is almost like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. And we do see mm-hmm. that he kind of has this thing where he's both shunning that, you know, emerging vampire that's in him basically. At the same note, he's almost having fun with it with that whole Venom line where he's joking around that he's Venom. Uh, yeah. I look forward to seeing that kind of duality uh, through Jared Leto, which I have seen him do amazing work in the past. It's just that I think the Joker, especially amongst geeks, really tarnished his reputation. So we're all a little bit skeptical. Yeah. Uh, I, I do want to mention that, boy, this this movie, I could not tell you in what universe it takes place. We have a Tobey Maguire Spider-Man poster behind him. We see mm-hmm. that he's dealing with the the murderer logo or the murderer, you know, whatever phrase that's being used for the Tom Holland Spider-Man. We see that there is Vulture from the Tom Holland Spider-Man. There's some stuff from Amazing Spider-Man in there. So he's like spanning all the movies by himself. Do you think that's on purpose or a sign of the future after the yeah. Spider-Man movie comes out? I think it's a sign of the future that they're going to kind of merge the multiverse or that it's going to break and all collapse into one that's, you know, combined or something. Something funny is going on there. Uh, I remember somebody pointed out not too long ago that the Tobey Maguire that was in the background actually wasn't even uh, Tobey Maguire. Uh, oh, this, I'm sorry, this was a TikTok, but um, <laughs> it is a poster from the original PlayStation and PlayStation 2 game. So it, the uh, graphics, though it was released around the same time, looks like him. It's actually based off of the video game that was based off of him. So, right. And uh, this could all just be in our world and just be kind of <laughs> twisted around. I don't know. I like that. So it's 
it's based off the video. So the poster is of the video game that is based off the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, that's just so that's funny. It's just such a convoluted world, and we know that Spider-Man's going to have a lot of people in there. Matter of fact, we're going to be talking about two new additions. Um, but it's just, man, I, I was trying to spin down, like, at what point is this all happening? It definitely has to be post-Spider-Man Crisis, really, where we're going to see all the Spider-Men show up. <laughs> Should be a mess. All right, let's go and talk about, we'll go and talk about the two new people coming to Spider-Man No Way Home. That's mm-hmm. Sandman and Lizard. Lizard is played by uh, Riss Ifans. Uh, from Amazing Spider-Man, that's the first one with Garfield, and then Sandman is by Hayden Church from Spider-Man Three, which I really liked him. What'd you think about these two characters? Yeah, I like the Sandman character more, especially. Uh, they did a good job with his backstory and, and exactly. portraying it, making you really kind of feel for him and like the character. And then it's like, well, he's just kind of doing what he's doing out of desperation. So uh, I'm glad they're bringing him back. I think that's a good choice. Yeah, I remember very well from his story. Uh, I mean, like it was just really heartfelt and everything like that. And then the visual effects of him becoming Sandman when he's like climbing out of the sand, yes. like there's a Very part where he smooth. collapses again. Oh, mm-hmm. it was stunning. Yeah. Uh, I look forward to them bringing him back. And it's a cool character and stuff like that. We have more and more Sinister Six building up. Um, mm-hmm. The Spider-Man universe is getting pretty thick. It'll be pretty interesting to see how that goes. All right. Uh, Dune 2 has been greenlit. We talked about Dune quite a bit a couple weeks ago, but we do officially have the go for Dune 2, and it's coming October 23rd. We have so long to wait, Jonathan. I know. <laughs> that's insane. Uh, yeah. Two whole years, but that's all right. I mean, at least that means they're investing some good time and money into making a good movie, so. Yeah. And the uh, director I, already took to Twitter to say, like, I want a third one, too. <laughs> yeah, good. And lock it down. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Uh, Squeaks has jumped ahead of us in the reading, and so, I mean, he just, he took to it. So he's already, he's already going through Dune 2 right now, or... What was it? Dune Messiah. So I guess Dune 3, movie-wise. Yeah. So he's getting in there pretty, pretty quick. Uh, Daniel Day Kim is, has been cast as the Fire Lord Ozai. How mm-hmm. do you think Daniel's going to do with this? Uh, good. I mean, he's, he's a pretty good actor. I know he yeah. hasn't been like a huge star in a lot of stuff. He's just always been kind of a, a good B actor. But uh, I don't know if you remember, he's actually on an episode of Voyager. Uh, is he really? He, 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 the time, the, the oh ship that comes up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. he's like dis- displaced in time because he yes. goes into space from his planet, and then there, <laughs> yeah, time travels differently. So thousands of years go by or whatever, and he returns and and yeah, it's it's that a is lot. such a good episode, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I know that's a terrible description of that episode, but go watch Voyager. You guys will figure it out. He's also from like Lost, where he got real famous from, or Hawaii Five O, yeah. which he was on for yeah. quite a few seasons. None of those matter. Voyager's better. <laughs> now, one episode of Voyager <laughs> where he was not a main character at all. Oh, yeah. Not at all. <laughs> but, man, as soon as uh, you said that, I was like, oh, I don't remember. And then I could visualize him in their, their yeah. like, space uniform. Like, had a little right. thing on his forehead. A little yeah, thumbprint on his head or something. I can't wait for um, this movie, though, man. The, the oh, casting has all been, like, super accurate to what we wanted out of the original movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just hope they take the time to do it right. I, I would, it would just break my heart to see another Shyamalan flop because that, or yeah, it's M. Night Shyamalan, right? That, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The first one, M. Night Shyamalan, yeah. Because that, that was just so disappointing because it's such a good story. So many people already don't give it credit because it's in a platform or in a form that looks like a kid's show, but it's like, well, yeah, it's a kid's show, but it's a really good story in a kid's show that could, you know, expand into such a bigger world and... Uh, so yeah, it needs as much support as it can get, and then that movie just not not hitting the mark was yeah kind of sad. So I really hope they nail it on this one. It'd be great. Well, it, and that's one of those things where you know people just like comic books, people don't give it credit because of its medium mm-hmm. that it came from. Yeah. And there's so many times where there's like a good show or movie that came out, and then like my parents, your, our parents will say like, "Oh man, did you see whatever Lock and Key?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's based on a comic <laughs> book." What? That's a comic book. Yeah, it's a comic. Be like, that's <laughs> have you seen MCU? <laughs> All of the right, movies that yeah. are making money in the last ten years. <laughs> yeah, basically, what's holding up Hollywood right now? Um, yeah. <laughs> and so many people just again, they'll still dismiss them all. Like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Or like video games as a storytelling platform. Like video games, there's some wonderful stories in video games. Try yeah. not to cry <laughs> playing <laughs> the first season of Walking Dead from Telltale. I yeah. mean, my God, <laughs> that'll and tear it, you up. I think what makes these so successful is the fact that they're based on these comics and video games because those are used to gauge the quality of the story, the engagement, right. or how much people like it. Because there's 
thousands and thousands of comic books out there. But the ones that people seem to resonate with are the stories that get carried on because they, they sell good and stuff. That's what turns into movies. So it's a great filter that we all are a part of. Yeah. And I think Netflix is, is going to be a good conduit for people to actually start to discover this world and mm-hmm. maybe forget the M. Night Shyamalan and start to notice Nickelodeon's greatness. And yeah. I mean, I think it's cooking up because Nickelodeon has basically green, greenlit the expansion of the Avatar universe. So they see what's coming down the pipeline. They know that there's going to be new vigor for this. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very excited for this myself. Now, this this is being made by Netflix, right? This movie? Yes. And they, But they're not going to be associated with the new Nickelodeon uh, production at all, right? Correct. Yeah, that's okay. a whole other thing. Basically, all Nickelodeon's right. like, well, they noticed how well uh, both Avatar and Korra did when they went on to Netflix. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you know what? There might be something to this. And then they're seeing Netflix's, you know, production and stuff like that and they're like we need to jump in on this ride everybody's back on avatar uh mm-hmm. this is the time to do it and of course i think what it is is you fast forward 10 years those who watch avatar when they were younger now have the funds to like hey i want to buy avatar stuff right um, so it makes sense make a small avatar theme park somewhere i will be there that would be oh, so cool. heck yeah <laughs> right it doesn't have to be, be awesome. huge but <laughs> yeah that'd be really cool god now i'm thinking about that <laughs> imagine soaring california would be you on one of the uh, gliders yeah (laughs) yeah a big like have like a big uh like oppo walking around the kids can ride on oh that'd be so cool yeah yeah (laughs) i've got an oppo over there i don't know if you could see it it's it's oppo that's on that shelf right there oh yeah the pop on the bottom shelf yeah well that one's a big one i got the pop anyways let's go ahead and keep going there's a lot of been a lot of remodels in the studio guys uh all right let's go ahead and go down to uh gal gadot is gonna be playing the evil queen in snow white the live action movie coming out of disney now, is she the right fit? Because the queen is all about being jealous over Snow White. And I mean, not, you know, well, let's, Gal Gadot is amazing. So I can't <laughs> imagine her being jealous of anybody. Right. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I, I'm trying to remember what I've seen her in before. She's Wonder Woman. Oh, yeah. Duh. Duh. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, okay. The name is just not ringing a bell. Right. Um, yeah. I think, I think she's great. I don't know. I, would you don't think she's going to be a good fit for this character? Well, I think the idea, I would have picked somebody who's more aged myself, somebody who's like a beauty when she was younger. And so they, Gal Gadot, I think, would be a better Snow White, in my opinion. Well, yeah, but they, they can age her with uh, CGI, and then when she's stealing the, the youth from Snow White or from somebody else or whatever, you see her de-age, and then she's beautiful, and then you age her up again to you know make her sinister, evil. Right, because there's a part where she goes like full crone when she's offering her the apple. Like she takes the apple mm-hmm. to her and stuff like that. She's like, so they have to kind of, there will do a level of that anyways. Um, yeah. But the main person part where she's like mirror on the wall speech, um, I, I, I'm always envisioning, visually envisioning, like a 50, thank <laughs> you, like a 50 year old woman. So we're not necessarily out of date or anything like that, but old enough to see the the ends of her beauty coming and stuff like that you know to be concerned about it and it's just like man i don't know if gal gadot is the right fit for that but i also think maybe mm. what they're going to do for this movie just because of the times is maybe not make it so much about beauty would that seem like an option to you wow yeah actually i didn't i didn't even consider that but that would be a really good take is to kind of rewrite it and we're getting a lot of stuff where where people are glorifying villains a little bit or changing the perspective so i think it'd be cool right. if they make this in a totally different perspective since they're making her a, a well-known actress and a you know more attractive character uh, or actress, um, that'd be cool if they try to to write her out as a as a kind of hero or or you know a sympathetic villain that you want to defend. Like we were talking about Sandman, how you kind of feel bad right. and you want to see them do good. That'd be kind of that'd be interesting, a totally different take on it. But that'd be that'd be cool to see. Yeah, and that's a good point too with Cruella and Male- Maleficent. We have seen Disney take on the villain side of things. And kind of explore their character more. Hiring somebody like Gal Gadot may be proof of that. So we'll have to see how that goes. All right, Brendan Fraser will also be playing a villain. This is Brendan Fraser. I'm so happy to be saying his name. Um, right. He's going to be in the new Batgirl movie. He's going to be playing uh, Fire, uh, Firefly. He's currently mm. in, plays Robot Man, which is basically just the voice of Robot Man in DC's Doom Patrol. Uh, Brendan Fraser has changed a lot over the years. Have you seen him nowadays? I was just thinking that, like, man, I remember back to the, back to the future, Blast, you know, from, Blast the from the past. That's it. Yeah. And uh, the mummy and stuff like that. But 
it's been a long time since I've seen him in something, you know, especially relevantly new, relatively new. So yeah, uh, yeah, I haven't seen him in a while. Well, I mean, like George of the Jungle and stuff like that. He's really fitting those. Nowadays, he's total like dad bod. Oh, so okay. yeah, <laughs> nice. <laughs> he he has hit middle aged, and uh, but he's just such a nice guy. He has a TikTok. You guys should check check it out. Um, there was a part where like he was interviewing somebody on TikTok or with somebody on TikTok. And they're like, your fans just want you to see you happy and stuff like that. And he was just tearful. And uh, he's just such a great guy. So I'm happy to see this guy from the 90s come back. And I mean, and see no man. And he was in so many great movies that we liked <laughs> as a kid. So I like to see him come back. And as a Batgirl villain, it was really cool because then, hey, he's in the DC. He could be in yeah. a Justice League or something like that in the future. Uh, this Batgirl's looking good. It depends on the character, though. Hopefully, this is an important character. They build it up so that they can keep him around because they're putting in a good actor for him. Right. Uh, I'd hate to see him be used on a little, you know, one-off character that they kill off, and then it's like, well, now he's been in the DC universe, so they don't want to recast him again. Next, still in the Batman universe, we have the synopsis for the Batman coming out next year uh, in March. So I'll go, I'm gonna go ahead and read this, and we'll discuss. The Batman is an edgy, action-packed thriller that depicts Batman in his early years, struggling to balance rage with righteousness as he investigates a disturbing mystery that has been terrorizing Gotham. Robert Pattinson delivers a raw, intense portrayal of Batman as a disillusioned, desperate vigilante awakened by the realization that the anger consuming him makes him no better than a ruthless serial killer on the hunts. Or he's hunting. <laughs> Almost nailed it. All right, uh, so we're seeing that this is going to be a pissed off Batman. Yeah. What do you think? This sounds so much like uh, the Punisher movies, which is Ooh, good damn. because that's the kind of Batman I like to see. Mm -hmm. That he's, you know, making his own tech in his garage, that he's just lurking in the dark wearing a black hoodie and, you know, watching people like he's a PI. And then he finds where the real dirt and grime is coming from and takes action when he needs to. So right. I think this is going to be really good. I'm excited. And I'm glad that Pattinson is playing a different version of Batman than we're used to. I we we got to keep up with that, you know, tweak it and then you know change it every time you you make a new actor, uh, Batman. The idea that he's you know seeing himself as a serial killer as he's hunting. I wonder if we're going to see him just fully unleashed and then eventually create his rule that he has where he kills nobody. You think we're going to get the evolution of that in this story? Oh, maybe. Yeah. I never. I always assumed that he made that rule at the beginning you know before like he didn't I, that he hasn't like intentionally just executed anybody in his life because you know he started from trauma and stuff like that but you're right that could i don't know if the comics follow that or not but he could break and go to the point of you know killing all these bad guys intentionally or directly and then realizing that's not okay and trying to stabilize mentally and then pulling back and making those rules it's what we saw out of Oliver Queen in CW's Arrow. Season one, he had a list and he was killing these people that were mm -hmm. bad for um, his city. But then by season two, he's realizing the errors in his ways. He starts to develop a team and a family and working with them. So I'm, I'm thinking that's what we get because we also have a Catwoman in this. We have Penguin. We have Riddler. So I think you'll start to see that like, hey, look, with allies and with control, I could be much more effective. Mm -hmm. I would like to see that happen. And again, Robert Pattinson doing this has me very interested. I know. I hope he nails it. That'd be so awesome to see him break that that stigma with his acting too. Uh, somebody, well, I guess it's been just the internet in general has been pushing for Kristen Wiig, not Kristen Wiig, Kristen Stewart to play Joker <laughs> from Twilight, of course. And yeah. um, she's like, look, I don't mind playing a lunatic, but let's change it up a little bit. It doesn't have to be Joker. <laughs> We've already gotten a few Jokers recently. Let's just wait a little bit before we start using Joker again. That's fair. Yeah. I can see yeah. waiting on that. And I, I don't think bringing her in would do good for the Batman universe anyways. It would just be all this Twilight drama people are reliving in their head, um, which would stir up a lot of people and stuff. But yeah, if they wanted to bring her back, just bring her as a small character that's not key to all of you know the Batman story because Joker's right. got to be nailed. We can't play around with Joker. <laughs> right, right. I mean, you're going to have way too many nerds just nerd raging, including yeah. us. So right. we will be very... If I see Jared Leto on set, I'm oh. going to be very vocal. Right. Yeah. He's from... Need security. Security needs to stand on the side. Just making sure Leto doesn't show up. Yeah. Back the fuck up, dude. Go away. This is Earth 2. We already have confirmation this is Earth 2. Should be a totally different Joker. So I'm, I'm on board with that. Nice. Uh, all right. We're going to change paces a little bit. And then we're going to video games. Uh, Facebook changes their company name to Meta. Do you think changing their name is a good move PR-wise? 
I I think it would be a good move, move PR wise if it wasn't so publicly broadcasted. Yeah. If they just quietly became Meta and Facebook kind of fizzled out, people stopped using it little by little, and this new company Meta came around and people were checking that out. That would be good. They're trying to utilize their their fan base, all the you know people that are already supporting them, the people that still like them. They're trying to empower or um, catch that and pass it over to Meta, which is sometimes smart as a business. But I think because they have, they're they're trying to kind of dodge some of their negative reputation now. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that's going to pay off as much as they think it will. Um, and Facebook, everybody knows, you know, oh yeah, Facebook's dying. It's old. It's you know not as fun anymore, or whatever. Yeah, well, at least a lot of people I think are feeling that way. Yeah. And so if if you are that company and you're just like, well, don't worry, now we're going to be this instead. Well, you're just changing your name and maybe some some graphics and stuff like that. But you know, you haven't really started over. You didn't explain something you're doing that's completely different than anyone's ever seen before. So you know, until they get into the metaverse, that's a whole other thing. But yeah, I don't I don't think just this simple rebranding is going to change much, uh, you know, perspective wise. Yeah. I think the app will still say Facebook. I know that they changed it on Instagram already. I noticed that yesterday that it says like brought to you by meta. Um, mm. so I think that's it's the company itself. Yeah. The metaverse, I just, while I want something like that, I think that would be cool. I don't know if Facebook's the right company to bring it because they're definitely money first. And I almost wish it was somebody who, God, maybe not Elon Musk, but somebody like Elon Musk that would just do something for the sake of bettering humanity and yeah. publicity. <laughs> is there a way to make something like that open source where yes, you know, everybody can can add to it and it not be broken? There, you know, has to be some way of keeping structured rules or, or safety within it too, though. Yeah, you could create the program and probably the foundation open source, but leaving something without any protection means that it would be ransomware in a moment. So yeah. soon somebody like creates a log and all of a sudden like everything you own is ours. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, we live in a world where we just we need some sort of regulation on that. Um, yeah. yeah so tough. you'd have to create a complete like uh, open source and then have a like a policing group or program or something like that that manages. It. It's like having a public park that anybody can go to, but then you have to have security stay at the park to make sure there's no violence or something like that, right? Yeah. Like. If anybody can build and create and expand inside this metaverse, then, you know, to be able to keep any kind of rule and structure, uh, structure since there's open source, they can, they can edit the data however they want. Uh, you'd have to have people or programs in there to manage it actively, I think. Yeah. That'd be complicated. I, again, I just wish it was a different company, but I, the idea of metaverse working out, I mean, that's, that's cool, man. That's, that's basically... We've seen Remember, a bunch it's of movies a dy- off of it. dystopian future, though. That's what ruins us. <laughs> True. True. It doesn't help. <laughs> you haven't read, read Ready Player Two. Ready Player One is great. That's the fun side of it. Ready Player Two explains how it's not, not what oh, we all man. hope it'll be. Jonathan knows the truth. Okay, I, got, uh-huh. I do have to read it. I do have to, have to read it. It's really good. I'm getting really big into audiobooks now, too, so I'm just kind of stacking things onto that. Nice. All right, I'll give that a shot. All right, uh, moving on to some video game news. We have A Quiet Place. The film mm. is being turned into a video game. Uh, do you think they're going to follow the main family or actually just take place in this world? Following the main family would be cool because we know them from the movies and people like them, but I think it would be more cost effective and uh, smarter to just make up new characters because if you're following the main family, you have a, a set of rails you have to stay on. There's a right. course, a path, a story that you're already stuck to, but if you just get entirely new people, even you could start with like one of their family friends that were at you know, the barbecue they started at or baseball game they started at or somebody that knows them uh, so that you can tie it together a little bit or be in the same town even it might be enough. But, but I would definitely follow different characters. Also, you don't have to pay the, the top dollar for premium voice actors that were in the movie. Yeah. You just get some no-name you know, voice actors. Well, that's what's nice is John Krasinski is the producer and owner basically of A Quiet Place. So... His mm. wife, who's still alive in the films, they would both be voices for this. So yeah. <laughs> the people making the video game would probably voice it as well. Um, yeah. I like the idea of it being uh, in the universe, but not the, those characters. Let's explore more parts of the world. Uh, mm. It reminds me of a game called Alien Isolation, where you're trying mm. to hide from Alien. And uh, there was even a setting. I don't know if it was. I think it was just a setting where there's a microphone on your on your uh, controller, of course, on the PlayStation. So if you made noise while you're playing. 
alien would know where you're at and come and get you. So you had to be quiet while you're playing the game too, which is so nerve wracking, but it was fun to watch streams of, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that'd be cool. Something like that would be pretty neat if they actually added that feature in addition to everything else where you're playing and you're trying to stay quiet because of course the monsters will come and get you. I mean, it just makes sense. Now, could you imagine a version of this game that is a mobile, like a, was it geo, geo tracking app? Ooh, I like imagine that you're idea. at the grocery store and you're like, okay, so I need to go to this certain aisle so that we could restock on, you know, Tylenol. And you got to get there and you, you got to scan or something like that. You just got to tap that, hey, you know, I'm in the pharmacy department or something. But, you know, you have to get there quietly. So there may be other sounds, you know, that your phone could pick up that are coming from farther away. But if you make a sound, you know, all of a sudden something goes off and you got to get out of there quick because you're going to be chased or something like that. I don't know. That'd be cool, yeah. And then you got people like randomly running out of the Tylenol aisle and people are going to be like, is he stealing Tylenol? Oh, no, he's playing a video game. It's okay. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, so a quiet place coming to video games near you. Uh, we also have a new Marvel game reportably in development. This is being done by Uncharted director Amy Hennig. So Uncharted, Jonathan, I, I know you haven't played the game yet, but Mm-hmm. It's kind of like an Indiana Jones style, uh, style game. Uh, it's a narrative game going. It's a going you know story game basically going from point to point to point, telling an, a story like a movie would. Is there any Marvel character that you think deserves a video game like that, where we could really explore the full potential of their story? Um, uh, that's. I'd like to see. I know going into Marvel into um. X Men is kind of a step, though X Men is now Marvel. Um, but well, I love the backstory. It has always been Marvel comic book. Oh books. yeah, it's sorry, just the, it is now MCU. Disney. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, yeah. it's hard That's because right. the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I like the backstories on most of the the X Men characters. So I would love to see like Magneto or Wolverine uh, in a game like this. Would be cool. Wolverine was the first game to my mind. But I was like, man, that's just too popular. Like, like <laughs> that's done, so basic, yeah. right? But yeah, yeah, Wolverine's story is excellent, where he's alone <laughs> in the forest, and you're cool like that. Um, and they have a really good way, the comic books have always done it, e- even the movies have done it, where they take Wolverine, they put him in a small story, kind of like um, the one where he went to Japan, or or, or mm-hmm. uh, Logan itself, with the old man Logan story. It's a small story that Logan's a part of, and in the end, he goes back on the road. You know, he's, he's off mm-hmm. walking into the sunset again. And I think that would be really fun for this uh, franchise. Magneto's a good idea, too, because Magneto has a long story where he's fighting for a cause that he's not necessarily wrong, and it's just that we're the ones that he's fighting against. So mm-hmm. it's it's tricky. Exploring the right or wrong of his path would be very interesting in a, in a video game like this. I like that idea. Um, yeah, I, don't, I, I think you nailed it with the Wolverine and Magneto. I can't really think of anybody better. Possibly Rogue. I went to X-Men right away as well, obviously. <laughs> they have such cool backstories for Marvel. I think they're it's a shame that Fox just totally went off the rails with them because I think they're the best property that Marvel actually owns. So I'm excited for them mm-hmm. to return to that. Although we'll get into Eternals later on. Eternals literally got me worried about, oh no, what are they going to do with X-Men? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I hope they don't ruin X-Men. And I mean, I'm glad they're kind of taking the time to get to them. And as soon as they had the property, right. they didn't start just turning stuff out. But I'm hoping they're going to, you know, once they're ready to start making some good, you know, X-Men movies, they don't just dump money on it and and you know not to the writing and the story of it yeah yeah fingers crossed see how it goes all right we have a new donkey kong movie in the works this comes just a little bit after the mario movie being announced uh seth rogan will be playing donkey kong and that was revealed in the mario movie he's going to be doing a cameo on that one mm-hmm. but they're actually giving him an entire movie all his own which is a good sign for the mario movie usually when there's a spinoff or a sequel already planned before the movie is even finished being developed Shows you that they see some real potential here. Mm. Uh, what do you think about Seth Rogen playing Donkey Kong? Do you think that's a good fit? <laughs> that seems like such a hilarious fit. Yeah, I think that's great because, I don't know, you see Donkey Kong, he's he's a monkey. He's just kind of yeah. bouncy and silly and, I don't know, I mean, he he gets mad and he pounds on stuff, but I, I think I, I think Seth Rogen will do good. That'll be, that'll be funny. Yeah, it's not the voice that I'm used to, right? If you think about the N64 version or whatever, it's not that voice mm. that you're used to. But uh, yeah, I think that's gonna be really fun. I think it'll it'll twist Donkey Kong's character a little bit to fit Seth Rogen, mm-hmm. not Seth Rogen twist because that's just not how he thinks. Yeah, he he is Seth Rogen. Make the role for me, and so we're yeah. gonna have like a more chill, relaxed Donkey Kong. 
I think that's going to be a blast. And it reminds me of like the Donkey Kong rap in the N64, which is a lot of fun. <laughs> but can you remember scenes from movies where Seth Rogen is mad in his character? Imagine him getting uh, enraged yeah. and like, yeah, you know, chasing there. after a car and beating on the window kind of thing. Like imagine that kind of enraged Seth Rogen be Donkey Kong when he's, you know, attacking or whatever. I think that hopefully they, they bounce back and forth between silly and, you know, angry. It'd be funny. My yeah, my favorite Seth Rogen movie is Pineapple Express. So I'm kind of hoping it's a little bit of that, where he's yeah. like maybe a little wiser than he should be, but he's also wasting his potential. Mm-hmm. So it's a good mix of everything. And, you know, I don't know. That's it's tough because Seth Rogen, <laughs> he's not like complicated and yet is like I have his book and it's interesting reading the stories. He's just in- has lived a very interesting life, mm-hmm. but it's not like he's got a lot of range. He's not a he's not a Tom <laughs> Hanks. Yeah, <laughs> he is Seth Rogen. <laughs> so it's gonna be hard to like try to show the Donkey Kong out of that. I think we're just yeah. gonna have him voicing a character. It's gonna be a lot All like right. it. Yeah. All right, moving over to Fortnite. Uh, this is a pretty interesting story here. So Fortnite is leaving China. As of November 15th, you cannot play the game at all in the country. It was like on a long-term trial run, and it was actually called Fortress Night in the country. But yeah, as of November 1st, you couldn't make any new accounts, and as of 15th, you can't play it at all. The Chinese version of Fortnite was significantly different from the standard version. Uh, first off, there was no in-game purchases, which I wouldn't mind playing that version of Fortnite, that's for sure. <laughs> right. There's also no skulls, which is very common for all video games in China. They remove skulls. I know for like World of Warcraft in China, the bone dragons and all that are all different. They also limited uh, a player's XP to 90 minutes. After 90 minutes of playing, you couldn't gain any more XP. It even gave you warnings I was reading somewhere where it'd say, like, get off this video game and go study, stuff like that, like little things like that to, like, bug you the entire time. This coincides with China's, like, attack on gaming lately. They've, you know, we've we talked about it countless times. They're pushing back that China is doing on gaming. Um, over the last few months, they have not approved any brand new video games. Originally, they said they, weren't gonna, they were not going to approve any new online games, but they actually have not approved any games to release in the country. So what are your thoughts on Fortnite leaving China, John? Well, that's, I think that's going to be a huge hit to Fortnite. Isn't that by Epic? That who, is by Epic, might, yes. Yeah, that's going to be... Yeah. I imagine that's going to be a big hit. China's massive. That's a lot of people. So, um, yeah, it sounds like that would be hard on them. It's unfortunate, though, that they couldn't find kind of a middle ground where Fortnite could be accepted by their, their rules. I know they had a lot of restrictions. They're trying to be super strict on what games they allow in China, but I, I still, I, I don't know. I think this is going to be very temporary, maybe temporary in the fact that it might take 10 years for, for this stuff to get sorted out. But right. I think inevitably the people that, you know, if the people in air quotes want, you know, full access to video games and whatever, th- these type of freedoms, then eventually it's going to come to be, it's just going to take a little while. Yeah. They have already protested on the street for other video games and they just the limits in general. They've fallen on mostly deaf ears, though. It's it's just gamers that are trying to... It's I think it was in southern China where they've been really protesting in quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I you know, obviously we have a bias in this race, right? We're, we're gamers, so we see the inherent positives of gaming. There are obviously some negatives, especially when you talk about playing too much, uh, which is China's number one problem. There are a lot of other things they're banning, which we've talked about in the past, which is a problem. Fortnite, I think, was kind of just the biggest temptation, so I think they probably made it a little too hard for Epic to really establish themselves there, which Epic is partially owned by Tencent, a Chinese company. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, it's like they're still making their money in other nations, they just don't want to taint their own, or almost. Interesting to see how this shakes out. This is one of the biggest games... No, I'm sorry, let me correct myself. This has to be the biggest game in the world right now, Fortnite Mm -hmm. does. So, the idea that it's being taken out of China shows how prominent uh the chinese influence influences over the gaming industry right now mm-hmm. let me just see how that shakes out um all right so we're gonna go on now to blizzard and some of their latest corrective changes we've talked about blizzard a lot in the past we've actually taken a break on talking about blizzard because of all the sexual harassment stuff coming out of them uh they have taken some corrective changes we want to go over those uh, most of these are pr stunts so we will say that like hey you know with a grain of salt right <laughs> They're just trying to save their butt a little bit, which is understandable. But let's go and talk about some of them. First off, Bobby Kotick, CEO. uh, He's kind of the guy that always gets the blame for everything, which is for a good reason. 
Um, he's being he's taking a huge pay cut for this year. So normally he's got a multi million. It takes like thirty million a lot of times. He gets mm-hmm. that every year. He's getting only sixty two thousand this year, uh, which is the like California minimum for a CEO. Uh, do you think Bobby should have taken this pay cut for this? So, well, the question to me is, is he to blame in any way for this? He's, was he aware of any of the harassment and stuff that was going on in his company? Because if he was, then $62,500 is too much money to pay somebody who is aware of this kind of stuff. He should have right. been completely terminated and replaced. Like, there's no, oh, it's okay, we're just going to reduce your, your pay. No, you just, you lose your job. Because, you know, next year or a year after that, that's going to go back up. And instead of being... 30 million, it's going to be 75 million or 200 million or whatever. It, right? yeah, yeah, depending on how good they're doing at the time. So, yeah, I think that's just a that's just a little dance they're trying to do, try to make it look like we're punishing him. But the number is just a fluid number to them, I'm sure. That's not, I don't know. I think that's kind of a cheap cop out. So, what we've learned so far, the investigation is still ongoing, but what we learned so far is Bobby did not know about the sexual harassment. Uh, mm-hmm. Those who have Jade Allen Brack, which is the president of Blizzard himself, he has been removed due to that. I think the reason Bobby's noticing that, that he needs to take this pay cut is two reasons, two folds, right? First of all, mm-hmm. his reaction time to this was probably not as good as it should have been. It wasn't as good as it should have been in the first place. So I think he does take some blame there on how do you react to this news coming out of your company. Secondly, it just looks really bad to be taking such a big amount of money when you're already wealthy enough. But to take such a big amount of money when all your employees are striking constantly and there's this debate about unions and stuff like that. But I think PR-wise, right, it's kind of the safe base by what they're moving here. So I would say in that case, if you're going to, I mean, him taking the pay cut doesn't mean that money goes to the employees, though, right? I would, I would do one hand in hand. Stays in company. Yeah. I, yeah. I would say I'm going to, I'm not going to, I'm going to accept my pay and I'll pay the taxes on it like I should from, from making this money. But I'm going to turn around and give, you know, 25 million divided up between all of our employees or something like that. And like, well, shit, $25 million, that'll do a lot for however many thousands of employees, but you know, $10,000 each or something like that. That's a, that's a good chunk of money. People will certainly be happy to, to live on that for a while. Um, is it, you know, an apology and saying, hey, you know, I'm sorry all this happened? Kind of. Should it not be interpreted that way? Maybe. But I, I think that would be better than just dumping it back into the company's, you know, treasury. Yeah. Maybe, maybe say something like, hey, you know, uh, instead of me taking out my pay this year we're going to use that to help establish some new programs that'll help you guys and stuff like that so it's mm-hmm. still going to the company but for the right things maybe there's yeah. definitely a middle ground to be had here yeah. um, he definitely should not have taken he should take a pay cut in some way though i think it's fair to say just pr wise right it's just gonna look bad yeah. so i think that was a good move in general and like um, you're saying if they don't have if, if it's still ongoing they don't have anything concrete proving that he was aware of this stuff then it, then i agree like don't fire him yet i mean you have no tangible reason to um keep him at this lower salary until it's completed when it's done if you find that uh you know he's completely absolved and there's no reason to believe he was you know nobody's even accusing him of being aware of this kind of stuff then i would go ahead and restore his original pay and you know or he should restore his original pay but uh if they find that he was involved in some way then it's like all right dude sorry like you know as much as you want to try to to defend yourself or or squirm out of it you just got to be, you know, fired. You got to you gotta move on. It's not okay to just give somebody a slap on the wrist and let them get away with it. Yeah, it's hard too because as a gamer, I can't stand Bobby Kotick, right? He ruined my favorite games. He's always trying to get money <laughs> out of me. But you, we have to look at this without bias on what he has done in this specific situation. Mm-hmm. There are definitely some problems, but it's not like we could use this to get rid of him for our own purposes as well. So there's... It's so many layers with this, right? <laughs> yeah. And there's like the love of Blizzard and, you know, all kinds of things in, in the way. So it's tricky. All right, let's go ahead and go into some other things that Bobby Kotick had announced. There's all kinds of programs that are um, they're starting up. A lot of these are giving into the demands of the pseudo union that the, the employees are, are forming over at Blizzard. So, which, by the way, they're trying to form the union, but Blizzard continues to use lawyers that'll stop it. But we'll get into that some other day. Uh, first off, the company is going to be launching a zero-tolerance harassment policy company-wide. Feels like something that should have been already in place. Yeah. Right? Right, yeah. But at least it's now in paper. Is that not like California law already anyways? Like zero-tolerance It kind of seems like a no-brainer to me. I I don't know. (laughs) He also says that a a percentage, he wants to increase the percentage of people working there that are women or non-binary. 
to 50% and will invest $250 million to increase the opportunities for diverse talent. So a lot of this is in making sure that everybody is getting more education and stuff like that so that people can be promoted yeah. uh, from a more diverse pool. Yeah. So And uh, having more... I mean having more women in management, like uh, more even mix between men and women in management helps kind of mitigate or prevent this kind of stuff from happening too, or, or right. reduces the opportunity for this kind of stuff, I think. And in general, it's diverse voices. We always, we've seen it so many times where when you add new voices with different opinions in, it helps out mixing the pool and you get better things out of it. I think it's like, it's so common sense. It's from 30 Rock even mentions this like a long time ago, and, yeah. and it's just such a great way to, to go. Yeah. It's so common, and for some reason, <laughs> still still we have to keep reminding everybody. Well, people are stubborn. Uh, they like what they got. They don't want to lose it. True. And they don't want to lose power yeah. or money. Exactly. <laughs> they want like-minded people to let them stay in power. This is the biggie one here, okay? So based on feedback from employees, uh, Bobby Kotick says that they will be wavering the waiving the required arbitration of sexual harassment and discrimination claims. So before, like if, a, if an employee has a sexual harassment claim, they have to sit down with Blizzard HR. approved arbitration and mm -hmm. go through like the Blizzard approved stuff. Now, if you've got sexual harassment, take it to your boss. Let's take care of it now. Let's make it all happen right now. And so it, it gives, it takes away some of the hurdles that um, employees had to go through and, and also some of the, God, what was that called? Like intimidation yeah. of the process. So it makes them avoid the pro uh, uh, claiming anything at all. I might be understanding this wrong, but the way that that's worded, it sounds like, and because arbitration is like a let's sit down and discuss it and figure out what's the problem, and then you know let's get to the right. to the bottom of this. But by saying they don't have to go through that process, meaning they don't have to talk to their boss or supervisor or you know anybody in the company to explain what was happening to them, rather they can do so outside of the company is what i understand because like i know most jobs i've ever had they yeah. say hey if there's a fight if you don't if you don't like somebody or something goes on you know we agree you sign this paper that you're not going to go get a lawyer that we're just going to take care of it in-house we're just you just got to come talk to us and we'll sit down and figure it out or or we'll hire right. a third-party mediator if we need to um an uh, arbitrator but so i think what this is saying is you know if you have anything you feel uncomfortable you think somebody even glanced at you the wrong way and you don't trust going to your supervisor or manager it's okay. Go get a lawyer. Go get it right now. Don't wait till tomorrow. Come in with him tomorrow by your side, and and then you can talk to your managers and feel comfortable that you're protected yeah. and defended. Okay, I think that's I think that's fantastic. I think that's a great idea. It's so hard. You and I, you know, it's hard to we have to keep an open mind, basically, right? Because yeah. we don't necessarily know what these people are going through. Yeah. But a lot of it is the fact that they feel um, intimidated or targeted, and so going to their boss is such a hurdle to try to do. Yeah. So giving them the ability to go to an outside source. Mm -hmm. It's like where it's easier to talk to a therapist in your family sometimes on yeah. things, you know, because it's just an outside source. And in some situations, you might not know if what somebody said to you or did to you was okay or just kind of weird or offensive or, mm -hmm. you know, so you're like, well, if I bring it up to the boss, they're going to think I'm just a nagger or I'm just trying to complain or I'm trying to, I'm trying to target somebody and trick them into getting in trouble or something. It's like, I don't, but I don't think it's okay that he says that or she says it. So to be able to go to a, a lawyer that specializes in this and just say, Hey, they said this, is there any reason why I should speak up about this? And they'll be like, well, yeah, duh, you shouldn't go to work and be afraid that this person's going to make these kind of comments to you. So right. we're going to take care of this right now. And so I think just being able to talk to somebody outside of the company about this kind of stuff is, is definitely a good choice. It'd be maybe even better if the company would, would uh, pay for an advisor, a, a lawyer that could, answer questions for people because maybe that's another thing too is that's not a bad idea you, yeah third yeah. party on hand because you don't want to spend 250 dollars to sit down and, and ask a lawyer a question and then they say no you're stupid don't waste your money and and you know you wasted money so um i don't know that's just another thing but yeah, i think that's a really good idea on there and yeah uh yeah that's i'm excited for that one and that's something that the employees that was the number one demand of theirs that they're answering so that's good um, they also said that they will increase visibility of pay equity. So mm. before it's like, you know, that's a classic thing said at work. Don't talk to the employees about how much you get paid. Well, it's because yeah. they don't want us comparing notes. <laughs> right. And that's good for more. Well, now they're going to be a lot more clear about, hey, Jim gets paid this, Diane gets paid that, and this is how yeah. it is. It helps with the equity of everything. Yeah. And in, in my previous jobs, I had, I had a job before where it's all structured and they say people of this, of this uh, title get paid between this range and this range. And based on how many years you can, can tear up and 
Now, once you learn this ability or the skill and get the certificate, then you move up to this other rank and then you get paid, you know, this, this, or this. And after two, after a year, you get this much of a rate. So it's all very structured. So you can kind of do the math and determine like, oh yeah, Sally must be making, you know, $17 an hour because she started at 14 right. and did. So to me, that, that makes everything so much better. It sounds bad because uh, then everybody knows how much everyone's making, but then you don't feel cheated because no matter how much you make, you feel like everyone around you is making more. You feel like you're being exactly. under underappreciated. Yeah. But the guys next to you might be making two dollars less. You don't really know. It depends on how much they bargained for in their in their interview. So I think that having transparent pay across the board and clear opportunities of if you want to move up, this is what is expected of you. I think that just it motivates employees so much more. They feel confident that they're being respected. So I think that's I think that's great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the last thing that the, he mentions is that they were gonna they're gonna regularly progress. They're gonna regularly update everybody on the progress. Mm -hmm. So um, again, more transparency. Yeah, all around, just showing hey, this is what we've done so far. This is what we're gonna do next, and just being open with the employees because again, a lot of times they just keep people in the dark and. Then people are lost. They're waiting for answers and there's there's none to be had. So this yeah. is a good move all around. So these are good steps, but I I hope they don't stop there. I hope that the the employees continue to push for a union of some sort or some kind of organization where they can protect themselves. It would be, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the first gaming union in the United States. Yeah. It's amazing that that doesn't happen already. <laughs> right. Because the industry has exploded in the last 20 years, especially with the number of game developers. Everybody, like myself, saw video games as a kid and was like, I want to work in this industry. And then a lot of them went off to go make video games. Well, now there's a lot of game developers. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's, it's kind of exploded. Okay, a couple more things that we have that Blizzard has done. First off, they've canceled BlizzCon 2022. Of course, in the text chain, we're all like, no, <laughs> this is a fun event for us. Right. But it's because they want to focus on both in-house problems and the games themselves. Diablo 2 and Overwatch 2, or I'm sorry, Diablo 4 and Overwatch 2 are both been delayed till 2023. Also a text chain problem, but <laughs> that was for, um, you know, because they've been delayed and, and mo so many other reasons, but also just because in-house stuff. Uh, so that's good that they're doing that. Lastly, they continue to remove all references to game developers in their video games. Even mm -hmm. the ones that are completely innocent as of now, it's just a smart move to remove everybody. That way, if something comes up, whatever they're removed yeah most notably was mccree which he the developer was actually somebody that was in the cosby suite quote unquote and it has been in some of these claims mccree uh from overwatch's new name is cole cassidy what do you think about cole cassidy as his new name uh, that sounds pretty cool i guess uh, that's fine by me what do you think very cowboy name in my opinion i think it's a yeah. good name for like that cowboy look they also put out a, a kind of an explanation of why he's using cole cassidy and I kind of liked it. Basically, the idea is that McCree was his name while he was an outlaw. He had to hide and stuff like that. So he used McCree as his alias. Mm -hmm. And now that he's working with Overwatch and he's trying to be an upstanding citizen and, and lead people with hope, he's going to use his real name, Cole Cassidy. Mm. It's like, I like it. That was a good, that's good it's writing. It's almost to, like, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like Blizzard themselves too, in a way, you know? Yeah, I like it. Fingers crossed, guys. Of course, a company we've all talked about a lot and a lot of us love, so we want to see the best out of them. Uh, there's a lot of other things coming. Matter of fact, there's a thing where we're participating with them on something. We'll talk about that in the future, which will give a lot more transparency. I'm excited for that. But we'll see how things go. And it's, it's going to be, I'm hoping, hoping a bright future for uh, Blizzard. All right, Frank, so you watched the Eternals movie recently. Uh, how'd that go? Can you tell me about it a little bit? Uh, yeah, so I won't go spoilers into it, but overall was very disappointed by it. Um I think it's Marvel's first actual failure and wow. it arms the MCU. Can you wow. believe that? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So is that bad? Uh, do you think it's so bad that they could could potentially just kind of disconnect it from the rest of the MCU and not go in that direction altogether? I don't think they'll disconnect it. I don't think they'll make a sequel to it is what they'll do. Okay. Uh, it reminds me of kind of like Game of Thrones when they brought in Dorne and then all of a sudden like all the Dorne characters started dying off very quickly. <laughs> I think we might have something similar to that and not necessarily dying off, but we had some very cool characters like, like introduced in this mm -hmm. and the magical effects, like there's this mix of magic and science, which I like when they do that it was yeah. very cool. Kind of a doctor strange type thing or, or From the trailers, the, the production quality looked really good. It looked like they had great, you know, oh, yeah. CGI and stuff like that, but 
So it's Marvel money. Yeah, there's no doubt it looked cool. <laughs> yeah. So what what was it that fell so short for you then? So the characters had I thought was like there was like no heart. Like there was no real reason or drive to anything. Uh from the beginning, we didn't have this really good connection to the characters. We didn't really care about them in a way we should have cared about a normal character. Like if you compare these characters to like a Spider-Man, mm-hmm. where I am truly invested emotionally in Spider-Man's well-being, or Iron Man and it's kind of like his retribution arc yeah i'm involved in that in eternals by design they're characters that just exist forever so i don't have any kind of they don't have any stakes i don't have stakes in them Mm. so that was kind of hard to convey there's a lot of also the the film is very disjointed because they'll they'll go back in time a lot to kind of show something that happened in the past that affected the relationship in the future now it's not hard to stick with that but it's also very disjointing Mm -hmm. Uh, they even use it as a way of revealing a twist later on it was kind of like, well, that you didn't earn that twist at all. It's not paid off at all. Yeah, You're just kind of throwing it in for the sake of turning someone from a good guy to a bad guy. It wasn't really needed. So they, they did a bad job in character building though, right? They didn't, have, they didn't get you connected to these characters at all? 100%. The characters are cool, but they were not earned and, and they were just poorly developed. I think that we'll get probably about four characters from this that I think we'll see going forward. That are very cool characters, and I'm excited to see how they work with others. But, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like this movie alone, I think, is actually like, I hate to say this, the worst Marvel movie. Wow. Below Ant Man's <laughs> for me. <laughs> right. So that's sad. Yeah. All right. So, and then, okay, keep, keep going. Well, I was just saying, like, the way it harms the MCU is how they worked with the Celestials. Celestials are very important to mm-hmm. Marvel. Um, I don't think we necessarily need them in the MCU as much as Eternals just put them in there. I think it's, they've introduced something so big into the universe that it cannot be ignored. It's like, it's like if Black Panther did bad, so then the rest of the Marvel movies, they just didn't never mentioned Wakanda again. You yeah. couldn't do that. Wakanda is out there now. Yeah. It's a really big deal. And if they did that with this, like, it's, I don't want to spoil anything, but they cannot avoid Celestials now. Yeah. And they did such a bad job with it. That it's like, well, you just made something so prominent that you can't yeah. ignore it, and we all want you to ignore it. Yeah, <laughs> you, know? you just put a second sun in our orbit and <laughs> or in our solar system, you can't really. Affect- so the next Captain America, we were like, ignore that second sun. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's it's a lot like that actually. Yeah. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. Oh man, so, so that's what I'm saying too. Like, I wonder they've never done this before. Uh, well. The early, early, early Marvel movie, like the first Hulk movie. I don't know if that's part of the MCU with- uh, It is. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, this would be the first time of potentially cutting something out, but I I don't know how they would go about that. But if it's that bad that it's actually going to damage the MCU, I'd say do it, but I don't know. I just think they won't continue the story. Even the director was asked, like, will there be an Eternals sequel? And he said, there, there can be. There doesn't need to be, though. And it was like, oh, that's a bad sign for the director to be like, we're good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we wrapped it up here. Oh, and they man. totally did not. It is on a cliffhanger. And oh, I think what God. they'll do is they'll just like make it to where the Guardians of the Galaxy stumbles across the answer that they need. Mm. We'll just, I'll leave it at that. Uh, they'll make a joke of it's, it. Like a. Uh, well, they'll just tie, they'll just throw them in there. It's just, the ending is very space based. And they'll just make it to where like the Guardians of the Galaxy are doing something. And maybe they'll merge them into the Guardians of the Galaxy. It's hard because. Guardians of the Galaxy introduced space into the Mm -hmm. MCU. Doctor Strange introduced magic into the MCU. And then like Loki's series introduced time travel. Yeah. Nailed it on all three accounts. Yeah. Eternals was supposed to try to do like this new time thing and this eternal, and it's supposed to basically introduce the gods of this universe. And it failed so bad that you're like, okay, can you guys fit into time travel or fit into, can we like merge you into one of the other ones so that you're fine? They actually have all three of those elements of the previous, you know, tears yeah. so it's a little tricky to merge them into somewhere because there's definitely magic involved there's definitely there's everything do you think that's um, part of the problem too is that they aren't an independent like uh category or something like that that they're kind of too diverse in that story they're too powerful for one thing yeah because yeah. it's brought up in the movie like why did you guys not help with thanos yeah uh thanos is name dropped later on by the way batman is name dropped in this movie which really? was kind of cool so like batman and superman are now part of the marvel universe hmm. Yeah, just as like fictional characters, though, like they aren't ours. So, yeah, because there's a part where they're like, oh, you're his Alfred to Batman and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. (laughs) (laughs) 
some of the characters were really cool and I'm excited to have them as part of the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. And I think they I think they're getting a vibe right now of like okay, this one was a good one. That one sunk the ship. <laughs> so <laughs> I think I think Marvel's scrambling a little bit too. Man, okay. So we'll have to see. So is this a full on F or could it be possible to get a D minus? I'm giving it a D plus because oh, okay. the fight scenes were awesome. Oh. They had very cool fight scenes and there were moments where sometimes I'm just I'm a sucker for scale. Mm-hmm. And so like if you guys remember on Dune, like the ships were so big, they were like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> it is funny because it's just zooming out a CGI image, right? That's all it is. Yeah. And I'm still I'm a sucker for it. Put a couple and reference so they, <laughs> items. The celestials are so big that the effect of the celestials around mm-hmm. was kind of just cool to see. Although again, it harms the MCU, but it was yeah. cool to see. So I'm giving it a D plus. I was when I text you guys, I was like, hey, C minus, but after I did the sloop review and then the TikTok review. I'm like, yeah, this thing deserves a D plus. It's just unfortunate, but no heart at all. Like yeah. when you compare it to something like Black Panther that was so full of emotion and complex characters, Angelina Jolie actually was a very good complex character. Um, not a lot of others though, really. Yeah. Really shallow. Especially like the main three mm-hmm. were really shallow. Yeah. And they didn't show much of Kit Harrington, Jon Snow. Really? I'm And, and Kevin <laughs> Feige before they said like he's the one that's going to be in the Avengers later on. Make him a bigger part of this thing. <laughs> you didn't. Right. He was such a small part. He was like in the beginning, not seen for the entire film at the ending. That's it. Well, maybe he was worried that this movie was going to be a flop. So he's like, I don't want to tie him <laughs> too closely to this. I want to save him for later. <laughs> yeah. Cut him out a little bit. Come on. Now. We need to we need to use him still. Right. Possibly. Possibly. Man. Yeah. That's a, that's pretty disappointing. <laughs> yeah. I think this is the one that they should have released on Disney plus. Like they did that with black, black widow. I think they should have done it with this one instead. Yeah. because it was such a trial run anyways um shang chi was perfect in theaters mm. i would not have released that one i mean that movie was so good yeah. looking back at it like lately i've been looking back at that movie the finale for that movie and like man that was a really good movie yeah this movie reinforces that even more <laughs> so <laughs> yeah so i i totally agree with one thing you said too about how the the uh the gods i can't remember the celestials are too powerful i don't like and i've been preaching this thing about this for, since uh, the MCU started, but you have to always have a cap on someone's power, right? Superman has kryptonite. If he didn't have that kryptonite, right. his character, it'd be like if you, you were rich, so rich that you could buy everything and then you get bored with money because you've bought everything, you've done everything. Like, if he has unlimited power, literally, then it's, his character's not fun anymore. It's all about that struggle, that challenge. So, you know, for, to bring in a character like that, or when you, when you, when you start pitting them against each other and you got uh Hulk versus Iron Man and then, okay, well they're, they're one's getting stronger than the other, whatever. And then you bring in Thor and Oh, well, he's, he's stronger than all of them. And then you bring in, you know, whatever Thanos, he's stronger than all of them. You just keep one upping everybody and it, yeah. it's pushing all of your favorite characters down at the same time. Yeah. You're weakening your own people. So you, you have to balance that's hard to balance that power cap but it has to stay there somewhere it has to be a limit on every time you move up what do you lose humanity yeah and in this film like if you compare so i mean like i I went on a bathroom break normally during a marvel movie i never go on a bathroom (laughs) break you hold it but i was like i could just go ahead and go for a sec i'm fine um and while i'm walking around the theaters i'm like you know what this has me worried about the x-men because it's the ensemble cast thing everybody has abilities Mm -hmm. but looking back at it the the big difference between these two potential you know x-men movie and then this one is that the x-men are kids they're humans that live mm-hmm. amongst humans and are com- constantly oppressed and that's yeah. where they Very find grounded. the unity is you and so the eternals like the only thing that that weakens the eternals two things first off is internal strife when they're fighting amongst themselves and then there's just a bigger bad mm-hmm. something that's uh, stronger than them yeah by the way the villain died too easy in this anyways oh god <laughs> <laughs> Um, there's like something just stronger than them. It's not like anything emotional. Yeah. There is emotion in this movie, but I just, it was all weak to me, except for, I can't remember his name. And I, I did in the sloop, I had it in the sloop, but like the butler to one of them mm-hmm. is by far the best character, the butler. And there's a part where he's the only one that's actually human. And there's a part where like, okay, Earth's just going to be destroyed. Yeah. And he's like, he tells them like, on behalf of humanity, thank you. And then he like walks out. And it's like, oh man, that guy's cool. There goes the entire heart of the film. Bye. <laughs> so yeah, that's crazy. Okay, that's yeah. sad. Just wait for it to be on Disney Plus, folks. Don't go see it in theaters. Not not worth your time. 
All right. Uh, I think that's it for us this week, Jonathan. Do you have anything else you want to say before we head out? I, I think I'm good. I think that's it. All right. We, we've, we've talked your ears off, guys. Uh, thank you again for joining us. We have a new interview coming out soon. We have a Pushing Buttons coming out. That's They're going to be doing their Game of the Years for 2019 and 2020, catching up in culmination of our big Game of the Year, Movie of the Year, all that coming in December. We have a very special guest coming on talking about Game Awards soon. So many interviews coming up. I'm excited for you guys to check these out. But yeah, just subscribe to Geek Freaks and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Geek Freaks podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Geek Freaks Pod. We're also on Facebook, Instagram. You can email us. We have our Patreon and a store. All those links are in the description. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you guys next week.